Alright guys, welcome back to Marvel Duel Pro Academy, where we talk all things Marvel Duel. My name is Jonathan Snow. With me today are the two other pro players, and they are Faith and Marvel Chopstick. Say hello, guys. Hello, guys. What's right. going on? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So today's episode, we have a lot of things to talk about. We also have currently, this week is November 1st, 2020, our very first episode called enter the arena where we talk all things the arena mode but real quickly we're gonna go over the patch notes that we have happened uh earlier this week with some balance changes of some cards some visual effects as well as a full description of the arena itself and i think that's pretty much it that we're gonna be talking about for this week also we might tell in some things at the corner of the end of the episode but but let's begin with the balance changes that happened what is it october 29th if i'm not mistaken uh, yeah, that sounds right. Um, yes. So, uh, so let's go ahead and get this started. So the first things first, with the new balance changes, it, ba it basically talks about the arena mode, which we will go in depth and, and uh, talk about the whole concept. What is arena mode, uh, AKA draft mode, and as well as how specifically how you play that. And we're going to discuss that, uh, in very short detail. Uh, the next thing is we go over is the road to conqueror. So basically this is a basically like a tier ward system where as you progress throughout the tiers of the game such as from i believe it starts from golds uh silver right silver gold i, th black, I think gold. you get everything for every tier up so yeah starting moving from bronze to silver is the first one and it's basically just a bunch of free stuff which is awesome yeah so free free is great so as you progress throughout the latter tier and i believe the highest cap is like thirty thousand mm -hmm. points in conqueror mode which is pretty insane uh but you do get you know uh, points for you know the more you play pretty much and the progression so so to me honestly i do like that free cards free legendaries free card backs all that stuff uh free emotes i love that you know i was about okay. to say I, I figured you were going to lead with uh <laughs> bonus emotes that's your favorite thing in this game <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have that, and uh, that's that's really uh, great, and I think that's a great thing. I don't know if this is just a one-time thing, or this is going to be like a monthly, uh, you know, reset of every season. I think this might be just a one-time yes. uh, reward system. It is, yeah. So, yeah, so that's, so that, honestly, that, I think that's cool with that. And then we have uh, card backs in the store, so if you have never gotten, uh, like, exclusive card backs that was in the past seasons, uh, I believe they're there as well. Except for the tournament one. You can't get that one. Yeah, I really wish so we, I we just, we just got to rub that in a little bit. Sorry, man. <laughs> Look, you have all the emotes, so we got we got to have something. The, the other two of us have to have something on you. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we have the one of the probably one of the craziest changes that we have currently is uh, Tony Stark. So Tony Stark, this is the first thing it says uh, when you summon him. This is the previous skill, by the way. Uh, when you summon him, you get to select the random equipment card. And you gain gems equal to double, triple, quadruple the cost of the cost of the equipment that you're going to send to your opponents. For example, if you see a four, five, or six cost equipment, you give it to your opponent, and if you pick the six, you'll get double the rewards and that. But this time around, I believe this is actually a really good balance change. Uh, for and definitely, you guys, pitch in on this one. But uh, now, what Tony Stark says is, when you play him, he does the same thing, but a one star, you only actually be able to get a four. Uh, four lower equipments and then when you upgrade him to a two star then you actually get the chance to have a five star equipment and four five or below and then when you actually four star him you actually can get that six cost equipment and below so what are your thoughts is on this change guys about tony stark was it a um, necessity change 
Was it uh, great for like balance changes? Um, what do you guys think? I mean, he was the best economy card in the game, and it wasn't even close. He, he needed a little bit because he was like the secret weapon for a lot of decks, and if you weren't playing him, you were so far behind on economy. Yeah, I, I think he made his debut during the Tournament of Asgard against the Deaths, and I think when we all saw that card, we realized how busted he could be. Um, just, he gives you, for example, prior to this change, if you just laid him down as a one-star, and you found a six cost, he's giving you 12 instant gold, and he can chain off of himself and find another one. Yep. And if you get another six cost off of that, you're getting, what, six times three, now it's 18 additional so gold. So it's thir 30 total yeah. gems off, off of that, which is really easy to do, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he was a little bit out of control. Honestly, he, this is a nerf, but it's not that much of a nerf because they kept the, uh, the uh, multipliers the same, which was the biggest part. So, you know, he caps out at eight now, eight, 15 and still uh, still 24 instead of what 12 18 24 um, but it's he's still really good I still absolutely jam him in every deck I possibly can yeah no for sure because if you never seen him like if if you're only playing him and you never see him like you feel super bad like you, you feel like you're <laughs> so far behind yeah. and, and the way the pre the old Tony used to be even even till now I still feel like you're still kind of behind but you're not like super behind like a couple of turns so I think uh, I think this is definitely a necessity change. Probably maybe have to take a look at him a little bit more uh, as you know we're progressing throughout the system. I think there uh, just needs know, to be more more economy cards in the game. And I understand his superpower is being super rich, so I get it. It's thematic, yeah. but I think other factions need economy cards to kind of offset that some. Just just yeah, looking at the change though, it's like he went from assuming max max roll, he went from potential thirty chaining himself to finding him twice in one round to now. Chaining and doing a four and a five cost would get you 23. So it went from 30 to 23. So you're losing seven gems with this change. Right. It's not. It's not that bad. No, <laughs> it's it's really not. Like, um, if you only find the one star, it's you know that's that's probably the biggest hit where you go from 12 to eight because that's two rolls, mm -hmm. um, and that's probably going to be on turn turn four. Um, but honestly, he's still I, I he's still a very very good card, and I'm still playing him yeah. as much as I possibly can. Like this this a lot a lot of times the nerf makes something unplayable. Uh, this absolutely was not the case. This was a small change and a, a probably a needed one as much as I love playing him. Yeah, no, not fair. I, I definitely agree with that. All right, so then the next card overall. Speaking of cards moving to unplayable status. <laughs> yeah, every, every, if you did not know or was not aware how crazy this card was, uh, it is Hawkeye. Hawkeye did get a recent balance change where uh, he was, I believe he was a three cost and now he got upgraded to six cost. Uh, this was his previous skill. Uh, power 16 to 20. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Yes. So after a friendly character with critical launches an attack, this card gains 50, 100, 200% more power. This was his old skill. Um, and then his new skill is after a friendly character with critical launches attack, this card gains 20, 40, or 80 power. So with that being said, let's talk about how old uh, his old skill was. 50, 100, 200%, I believe, yeah. Insane. S simple breakdown for the people just listening is assume he's at two star prior to this change whenever another unit would crit he would gain an additional uh he was at 64 so he would gain 32 extra power each time uh somebody hit so after the first no, no, time only though, the first time 32, right yeah 32 plus 32 is 64 right that was the first time and every time after you got to remember every crit he's gaining 100 percent more power so the next yep. crit Percentage scaling was a problem. Uh -huh. 
now <laughs> the first yeah, the first time I saw one of these that had exponential notation to show what the number was and stopped being registered in normal normal numbers as far as uh, how many zeros were on the screen. Uh, I realized that there could be a problem here. Now, fortunately, he never really took over the meta, right? He was pretty slow. Um, it was hard to get it work. Like, it, it was really yeah. crazy when it worked, but it wasn't any crazier than getting wrecked by an ego or something else that could get really big, right? Once you get to a certain point of bigness, it doesn't really matter anymore. But when the bigness has literally 20 zeros after the number, and it gets into, what, like, sextillions <laughs> or septillions or something, yeah. where, like, it's beyond comprehension as far as the size versus anything else in the game, right? The biggest stuff in the game besides this card was th getting into thousands of power, right? Four number, four digits. Yeah. This was getting into literally 20 plus digits of power, the, and the it was really dumb. Beyond the size right. of the power. No, you, you had to have the E on there for the exponential notation to show how many zeros were on there. It was like, no, no, there's just like five extra zeros at the end. Don't worry about those. Mm -hmm. um, so once, once you get to that point, it's absurd. And obviously this was just, an, uh, you know, I don't know if they tested percentage scaling or not or realized what was gonna happen with that, but it was silly. Honestly, we all called for nerfs, and maybe we shouldn't have because it's re it really wasn't that crazy. It was just a, a fun gimmick. I don't know. What do you guys think? Was it too powerful, or was it just a silly thing? Well, yeah. Well, obviously, like for for competitive play, uh, once he, he starts rolling, it's you can't it, only a Thanos snap or maybe a lucky Moon Dragon hit will probably tame that, and that's not even guaranteed uh, because he just grew so much. And mm -hmm. like I like for competitive play, definitely he needed a, a tone down. Uh, but it was fun to see the ridiculous numbers yeah. <laughs> that, that got pumped out. Yeah. You bring up a good point, Chop, because in competitive play, it's not like Ego where he's retaining that power every round. So right. you could play around it by disabling the opponent's ability to right. get those crits off. It requires things in combat to happen to work, whereas Ego yeah. or even something like Whiplash, you're doing before the round. You're already set up with those big numbers, and there's, you know, your opponent has to have the hard removal to deal with it, or a Moon Dragon or something, as you said, John. Um, but, you know, but because you have to swing so many times with crit units to make this happen, it it was, you, you had to put in a lot more work, effectively, to to get it there than some of these other, uh, other big scaling units, but... Um, yeah, percentage scaling is often a problem in games. This this isn't really that much of a surprise. If you've ever played any video game involving numbers ever in the history of ever, uh, it's not that surprising that something with percentage scaling would get off the charts and people would find a way to break it. But you know, it yeah. just wasn't it wasn't that viable at it from a competitive perspective. And even yeah, no, for like, sure, like I, I definitely seen, I definitely beat them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you mentioned ego. Oh, yeah, even ego is not percentage. Right. No. no. Yeah, it's uh, he he gains, um, like it's it's what du double, triple, quadruple. It's worded like Stark, where it's it's a flat it's a flat multiplier, but not a percentage multiplier, and that's a key difference in wording. Um, if this is if this had just been a flat multiplier where it was gains, you know, you know one, two, or four x, as opposed to uh, be, being percentage based, it probably would have been fine. But, mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, but ultimately, yeah, ultimately, I think uh, we're probably not going to see Mr. Hawkeye anytime soon in competitive play. Nah, he's uh, yeah, like it's pretty much we're not gonna see him, but <laughs> nope. it, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah, and I mean, there's the, still a six slot though that's really competitive. There's one is obviously reserved for Thanos, mm -hmm. but the other one is pretty flexible. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like I, I feel like both Black Panther or Hyperion are probably still your best options there for the most part, unless you're doing something really specific. Black Panther is good in certain decks, and Hyperion pairs with Thanos so well. You know, you if you're running Thanos, you really just want to have them on the board because they they work so well together. Oh yeah. 
Um, but uh, both of those cards are available for full dismantling up until the 6th, so another 5 days. Um, so if you have them, definitely probably break down those Hawkeyes. I kept my Starks because he's really good. I, bro I broke down one just in case I cracked one in a pack and then could craft it back later. There's a there's a little trick that you guys can do. When the when this stuff comes up, like when the Angela nerf came up, I knew I still wanted four, but I instantly broke one down for the full refund because if I hit one in a pack, I would get that one, I'd have the full refund because any you pull after the change don't get the full refund. Only ones that you have when the change is implemented. Um, right. So you can always break one copy of these cards down and then when you do your pulls, if you're saving packs for say an upcoming set or something, um, you can you can keep that one spot open in case you pull one so that you don't have to craft it back and you get you effectively get quadruple the value as far as the return uh, the return crystals. Pro tip, pro yeah. tip. That's why <laughs> that's why this is the pro academy. We got the pro tips. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and then the, I think the next thing here for like balance changes can be like more optimization of you know visual effects. I know that they added like a little swirl effect to Ego whenever he uh, destroys a person. Like you see a little, like a little water swirl, which I think is pretty cool. A little nice touch. I'm a visual guy. I love when visual things like that happen. Oh, can I cut in games. with my can I cut um, in with my theory the, uh, on that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I, I told you this already, John. I think uh, I think they added extra effects to Ego's kill because he's going to be released as a skin for mm -hmm. uh, for uh, Star Lord. That's, that's my theory. I have, I have actually zero knowledge on this. This isn't any insider knowledge or anything, which is, we do have insider knowledge on some things sometimes, but this is absolutely just guesswork, just pure speculation on my part. Um, you know, we saw Angel released as a skin, and she had a really cool kill animation, and uh, she was already in the game, so I think upping Ego's uh, video effects means that he's going to be the next skin for, uh, for Star-Lord. I like it. I, like, I wouldn't mind that, because Star-Lord needs, uh, needs something, because... Mm -hmm. He doesn't have uh, anything like hero skins and stuff like that. Not that yep. I'm aware of. Yeah, I think uh, the Star Lord, um, Electra, Hella. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see like Daredevil, like with Electra, and oh, that'd be sweet. Something, yeah, something like to that degree. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Mm -hmm. uh, th then we have something that actually really was a huge game changer. It was kind of like a step back slash step forward in a way. Uh, once. Once Marvel Duel has implemented the new speed up button, which if you guys have not aware, it is fantastic. Uh, it is basically helps speed up the animations, but uh, apparently when they did that, they actually took a step backwards. Whenever you played a uh, Stark, Stark, uh, Tony Stark card, Iron Patriot, or back to back, uh, those card, those animations actually were a lot slower. A lot and slower. It, it, it kind, it kind of ate up your time. I would think of like around five, six seconds of your time. Mm -hmm. Like it'll, sh like you play the card. And it'll visually pop up, and then it'll start searching, and then it comes back down. It's like, okay, that's a, it's a lot of seconds that's eating up my time. And if you played these cards in multiples, a lot of that take, you know, in competitive play, that's that's a lot of time wasted. So uh, I'm glad they did uh, fix that there. So any of you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, the first the, the first time after this uh, the previous patch was implemented, and I played uh, Prime and back to or Prime and uh, Patriot, and had like five triggers to go through, and it ate my whole turn going through like three of the triggers. I immediately was like, "Hey, hey, you guys sped up the uh, the animations for the combat, but you slowed them down in the store, and it's a huge problem now." It was it was yeah, and I was like, "I can't play this deck. It's literally unplayable now." Uh, so they but they fixed it pretty quick, which is great. Uh, just add the uh, the Starburst to this, and we'll be good. And yeah, the first time I felt this was after it when I did arena mode and I, I mm. had some like uh, schemes go off. I had a back-to-back -back go off and it, it felt really good. It's now, the, very... the, 
The schemes have not been changed, so hopefully that gets uh, the, added to I, this it, list. Are you sure? It feels like well, they were sped up a bit. Maybe. Uh, like they're, it, they're not on the list, but maybe they were sped up. Mm. But yeah, okay. this list says uh, start Patriot and back to back specifically. So hopefully they were. That'd be great too. And then we have uh, just a little bit here, just to, just to uh, round it off. We have some bug fixes, and one of the primary bug fixes was a card just being limited to I think it was like nine or ten in the hand, and now they actually upgraded to thirteen. I know Chop, you have an experience. You're, on live you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I why did that. Is this a change? Uh, this is a change because on my stream I burned the 10th card in my hand, which was my 4-star Whiplash that I needed to win the game, uh, because I picked it up and made the 4-star, but because the way the game counts cards, it counted it as having 12 cards because the two extra copies were also back in your hand before the two, the other 2-star comes in. Anyways, I sent them a huge clip of this and I was like, guys, this is a real problem, I burned the 10th card in my hand, our hand side's supposed to be 10 cards, and now it's a known thing already, but the very next day, uh, they, they threw that in the patch, which was really cool of them to be like, hey, no, we're gonna fix that, and they, they're like... I don't think this is a hard fix. This didn't fix the actual coding issue, which led to the problem. But they just expanded the hand size to 13, which is really hard to hit. I mean, uh, even playing uh, like Prime, where you're generating a ton of extra cards, it's really hard to hit 13 cards in your hand. So this was a great way, uh, a good Band-Aid fix that should last for a while. Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely agree. I, I think that's a good, good thing. It's a byproduct also of how powerful Tony Stark is. And everyone's just throwing those into everybody's hands. When you have like eight extra weapons that are all terrible, yeah. you get eight extra hammers. Like, oh great, I'm playing Donkey Kong over here. <laughs> for for you old school. And gamers. then uh, we have just, and then we have just some descriptions. Well, like call a call of arms, Green Goblin, Mantis, and Explosive Trap. Basically, just a uh, better wording on what the progression of the card does uh, exactly. So, uh, um, Green Goblin was the big was the big offender there. Uh, the others I think were fairly minor, but Green Goblin was a very important change because initially it stated that all of your units that attack stunned uh, stunned opponents will receive no damage back, but it only applies to Spider Verse, and it has ever only applied to Spider Verse, but it never said that, and now it says Ooh. that, and that's a really big wording change because a lot of players were confused by that. They're like, I'm attacking stunned characters. My Green Goblin says my guys shouldn't receive any damage, yet they are. Um, so that it was really important. Uh, that one in particular was really important. Okay. See, I didn't even realize that. See, mm -hmm. see even for us, we, we learn something new every day. So uh, that is pretty much it for the maintenance uh, with the December 29th maintenance update with entering the arena or the arena mode. So now I guess we're going to just segue into what is arena mode? What is, what is this new game mode uh, that we are currently interested in or has been uh, released currently? And uh, yeah, let's, let's just uh, get into it. Sure. Uh sure. Faith, you wanna you wanna give the uh, the initial breakdown on this thing? I wanna use my powers for good. Um. Okay. So, arena mode is basically your standard draft mode from other card games. Um. It's separated into different archetypes. Uh. You in your starting deck hand, you're gonna have three superheroes to pick from, plus a neutral pool. But your starting hand is gonna consist of three options for archetypes. So for example, uh, you have a um, an armor blast archetype where you, you it's an iron man deck and it's starting you off with like a, a prime armor a stealth armor and a hydro armor which is all you need pretty much for prime and you can then maybe look for more uh, invocation start cards as you go along or for example you can go with more of a stun starter from spider-verse which has like spider-man uh 2022 uh um, sandman and 
it has an interesting card there in Venom Carnage or Venom Mysterio. I'm not sure why that's there. And then th there's certain ones that are better than others. For example, there's one that also has Guardians of the Galaxy, starting with like uh, Adam Warlock and a Drax Assault. That's obviously a really good one to start with. In this, and I'm gonna go into later on the actual statistics of like. So is it so, better so, mode as far as staying on turn two, three, four, five, six compared to ladder? But so far, it it's it's been a fun experience. Um, I think they need to really look at opening it up to more times because right now it's only like late at night and early morning. And I know myself and John have have been fairly limited in playing so far. So hopefully that changes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And then that's that's my only gripe with uh with arena mode is just the specific time time frames currently right now. And they just the devs have said that they will be opening it up uh eventually um as you know as time progresses. Um so I think currently for, for right now, for those who are gonna be viewing on the YouTube uh side of things, where for visually we're gonna have a, a horrible chopstick stream going up where he actually does play arena mode and then you guys can actually so basically while he's progressing through his moose uh we're gonna go ahead and describe well, what we're seeing uh what is the steps of when you're actually drafting and yeah and that's gonna be pretty much yeah i'll, I'll have the video for this uh this was cut from my stream um you're gonna see my head there in the corner if you're watching um if you're on audio don't worry we'll describe everything that's going on but um effectively we're just gonna talk through what the process is like on doing a draft for your first time um, you know, Faith, Faith kind of nailed it as far as like where you start. Um, you're presented several packs of cards, so three three packs of cards um, at, from three different heroes. You you pick one of those. Now you are locked into that hero, and you you have added those three cards to your deck. Um, and then you pick again from three different heroes, some of which may have been in your first pack, some not. But the one you picked initially is already locked out. You already have that in your deck, and you're gonna do that three times. You're you're presented three different heroes each time. You pick one of them and those three cards and those are added to your deck and then after that um you're presented packs of cards from these heroes and from neutral um so always always three packs of three at a time i think at the end it's a two pack for, for the numbers to work out for 40 cards um hmm. one of the really interesting things to me about arena guys is that the you have both better and worse odds right because you only take exactly 40 cards the fixed cards are not added to your deck like they are in constructed play but the fixed cards are available for selection in the neutral packs so, uh, you know, you, there's less total cards in your deck because I think in uh, Constructed Play, it's, what, 58 cards, right? There's 18 neutral cards or 19 neutral cards or something. Yeah, okay. I believe so. So I actually have the breakdown here. Uh, oh, great. want to go over that now. Yeah. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm assuming different types of strategies where you stay on a shop for a certain amount of time. And we're going to assume for this experiment that in ladder mode, you're able to filter out, say, six of your cards, because it's fairly easy in ladder mode to pick up you know, two or three costs and filter it out. So right. we'll assume that the totals I'm giving, I filtered out at least six of the cards in ladder mode. So if we stay on shop two in ladder mode, after a couple rounds, we filtered out our six cards, we're left with about eight cards in the shop, six of them being locked cards. Compare that to arena mode, starting on shop two, we have eight cards, so it's already eight versus eight without having to spend extra on filtering. Mm. Uh, shop three, we're looking at in ladder mode, again, assuming after we filtered out six cards, 
we have 22 cards in our pool, 12 of them being locked. If we look at arena mode, we have 16 in our pool compared that to the 22 in ladders. So now we're already starting to see it's easier to get the cards you want in arena mode. Mm. And it goes up even, the differences go up further as we go. For example, on chop four, uh, in ladder mode, it's going to be 33 in your pool versus in arena, it's 24. And then so, so, chop, go ahead. So so basically you're saying that it'll be a lot easier to starburst and, or, me, or meaning four star a character card immediately um, right. playing drafts compared mm. to ladder. Right. And it, it just, except for example, at shop six in ladder, if you get there, because oftentimes you just die or don't get there. But but on in ladder mode, if you get to shop six and you've already filtered out six cards, you're left with 55 cards in your shop, with tw 21 of those being locked cards. And then in arena mode, on shop six, you have 40. So it's 55 versus well, that's 15 less cards in arena mode. On that percentage six. just gets better and better as you yeah. scale up. Um, and I, oh, I found wow. aggressively scaling to shop five has been a really effective strategy in, in arena. Um, now, you, I know you guys both had limited time. I've played two full arena runs so far. I've won nine games in both of them um, and, have, and have zero losses between them as well. Um, my second run was eight first place and one second place. So it's definitely about, you know, I, you know some of this is that I've drafted... Uh, countless untold hours in other card games over the course of my life so like i know what i'm doing as far as like you know you're drafting for value you're not drafting for combos a lot of the time because it's not worth chasing stuff even though the percentages are better it's oftentimes better just to win the value game consistently and you know go go bigger than your opponent um and you know i've seen a lot of my opponents trying to chase certain combos that are effective in constructed play in arena and it often doesn't work because it's impossible to get all of the exact pieces that make that combo so deadly so it falls a little bit short it doesn't quite work the same way as you would want it to and they're trying to force these things and you know like it's it's not playing for value so you know if you happen to hit in your draft you hit everything exactly right and you line up exactly the combo that's great but it's really hard to pull off in the draft so a lot of the time it's 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 a different mindset than you would have in constructed play where like you know, you're like, okay, well, I could roll and chase this thing, or I could just stay here and get as much board presence as possible, even though I lose some potential synergy value. Um, so that's that's the big offset. Um, certainly going to five has been very beneficial for a lot of reasons, one of which, as you say to Faith, is a lot easier to get the, to get the Starburst, right? It's so much easier to get the Starburst, in fact, that, um, you know, it's generally worth going to five to pursue them because you get the six cost cards out of the Starburst, which, yep. you know... It, objectively the most powerful cards for the most part the best value cards are on five the most powerful cards are on six this gives you the best of both also another thing to keep in mind is in arena mode a lot of players don't exactly know how to draft well early right and so you're not going to be losing as many early game rounds it's a lot easier to survive to five without having taken much damage to your health total yeah um you know, I, I, I bag on Hush now constantly, but I see I see people taking Hush now and, like, trying to jam as many copies. I'm like, no, it's not going to work the same, guys. It's not going to be the same if your deck isn't <laughs> tuned to manipulate it. So, you're, you know, having your three Hush nails on the field at the expense of board development is just going to lose you a lot of rounds. Um, so, so basically, in, in arena mode, basically, once you select a card... So, okay, for instance, you're selecting your cards right now. So you get a, you get always a four of... And everything, yes. right? Yes, we, we should have addressed you, that before. Any any yeah. card you draft, you get four copies of. You have exactly forty cards, and they're all four copies. Okay, yep. and then uh, then then we also have on the right side of the screen. If you guys see it on YouTube, uh, when you're actually drafting, you actually can see you have level two, three, four, five, six, 
And you actually, those are play a really big role because now you get to see how many uh, two, three, four, five, six cost cards that you have. Mm -hmm. And they actually have a system where you actually can look at your deck and see what type of spots are missing. So you kind of could kind of manipulate in a sense, like where you want to get cards at. Like if you're looking for a specific combo, you can almost try manipulate, try to get those cards, but it's not guaranteed because everything's still at random. Right. But you can't, but you can like, try to potentially you, get there you can and should manipulate the card pool to your advantage if you see something yeah. that's the same cost as something else you want in that keyword you can buy another pack of cards to get another roll at that because you know you're gonna have to fill that four slot or fives or whatever it is you're gonna have yeah. to fill it at some point so by passing on it early you can then find that card again later or optimally find the card you want later and potentially even with the other cards that synergize well with it um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be a big part of drafting is by targeting out specific cards and it's fairly easy to do because the faction card pools are so small. Um, it's a little bit harder with the neutral oh, yeah. stuff with yeah, neutral. Yeah. You're kind of presented such a wide variety of options because the fixed cards are included in that, but because, mm -hmm. you know, like some, especially some characters, right? We've seen Asgard and Stark get additional cards added to them so far, and I'm sure that's going to be coming for the rest of them at some point. But like, if you're playing other factions, it's really easy to target out cards. Yeah, I, I see. I've seen a lot of people go for the the infamous uh, intergalactic uh, combo because <laughs> yeah. their card pool is very small. So, so it's kind of so like a lot of the key cards are like four drops. So you basically just pass up on all four drops until you actually specifically get the four drop units that you're looking for. Uh, that's what I was talking about, like manipulation wise. Also, I noticed too that um, your skins actually you can manipulate this game mode too. Like if you're running superior Iron Man skin mm -hmm. as well as a uh, symbiote spin uh, skin you actually can get a little bit more bang for your value because I, th I feel like that puts you up a little bit higher in like, um, you know, like progression because you get to see more of your shop and you get to starburst so much sooner. So I feel like, I, I feel like maybe the devs kind of missed out on that. I think maybe locking your skin to uh, like the rant, like just a random 25 health should be a thing in the game because like if you're able to have a pay to win skin, uh, I think feel like, I feel like it gives you a little bit of more of a lead advantage in my opinion. Uh, I, I agree that for this game mode, it's having the extra card skin is a massive advantage. Yeah, okay. What, so, what do you, Faith, what do you think? Um, it, remember, it only lasts for the first three rounds. So, again, you're seeing the extra card, but it's not like in Ladder where you can get that extra card and if it's a one-off, it gives you more odds at filtering it out of your pool. And you don't get to keep it usually beyond Shop 3. So I don't really see it as being too big of an issue. All right, my, my argument that it's a bigger advantage here is that because your deck is um, most likely going to be worse and less tuned, uh, mm -hmm. there, there are many situations where you're going to find two very suboptimal cards early. Um, like to finding two weapons or two, you know, or, you know, like say Hush Now or whatever, right? Plus a Blood Axe and you want to find two units. Um, I, th I, I think because the decks are less tuned, giving yourself the extra, the extra look is more important here. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I see, I feel like maybe that's a maybe thing changed. Say that again? Um, starting with more health is also more beneficial here because it just gives you an even bigger buffer to just go straight to shop five and, you know, just go classic turn three into shop four, turn four into shop five. Sure. It gives you a little more room. Sure. Um, it it does, but as you noted, your earlier, uh, you're taking less damage on average because decks are worse. Like so, you know, there's still I don't know. I, I think it's close, but I think it's uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit better here than outside of here. But I I, I agree with uh, I agree with John. I think 
those should not play a part in arena. I think I think it should just be the base only, and it should be a level playing field from that perspective. Um, yeah, not, yeah that, not, that's the only thing. Yeah, and it's not even because you know some some are paid, some are on the battle pass or whatever. I think I think mm -hmm. it's it's just better better game design to have that be equal in this particular mode. Yeah, because um, if you're gonna if you're gonna randomize randomize everything, everything should be just completely randomized and fair playing field, uh, just like game gameplay wise. Yeah, in my uh, opinion. there's something we missed as well in the draft, which is at the end, you pick your powers. And oh, I think yes, that's yes. really kind of, it's it's a little bit busted because you 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 guarantee which three you get, right? You're, you're picking exactly the three powers where each game it is not randomized. Um, you're only mm -hmm. picking one for each uh, each hero, and that's, that's all you get. Um, so, you know, like in this game, I took Grand Invention, and I'm just going to force Grand Invention oh, yeah. every every single game of my run. I'm literally going to play it nine times, which is just absurd, right? It's because it, I, I I maintain it's the best power in the game, and I I will stand by that until they nerf it. Um, it's really really. No, I, I totally and, agree. I, I yeah, I, I think I think maybe I think maybe that should be randomized too. Like you, you don't even have the option to pick which one because then then like I'm saying, like if you're trying to go for a specific card combo. Same thing, like you know, like I'm saying, uh, I'm hitting intergalactic uh, galaxy for that very reason. Uh, you're gonna pick the best skill for it, which is give your card a soul, or you're gonna just be able to get starburst and stuff like that. Uh, I, I just feel like, yeah, stuff like I think picking your skill should be not a thing, and just let it be completely 100% RNG what you get. Uh, basically, like a little surprise. Um, I'm not too sure. Right now, the the problem yeah. making it the way that it is set up in constructed is that not not all players have access to all the skills, right? Because they unlock at level ten and level twenty for a given hero. Whereas in the arena, I'm assuming you're presented from the entire pool when you make your selection, so you can get a power you wouldn't otherwise have unlocked. So that's, I guess, that's kind of the offset is that you can you can get a power that you haven't unlocked yet. But it is weird that in this mode, which is all about adding more RNG to your deck, there is a lot less RNG to the power, and you can guarantee you're like, okay, I know exactly what I'm taking for my power of this game because it's the one I'm building this around. Um, yeah, so it, that's fair. It, it's just strange. Hey, hey, you know what? Actually, you know, a fair thing to put as an, uh, an assessment because I talked about this the last podcast where uh, when you're when you're building a deck, for instance, like I was, I built the first time I ever drafted, I built a uh, Grandmaster with Loki. I never own Loki like at all. As right. much as I have a vast variety of card pool, I never owned the card. So I was like, you know what? Let me test this card out. And I think this is a great way, again, like for free-to-play players, if you don't have a specific card in your card pool, you actually can test it out. And then this will save you your crafting materials later on saying like, hey, should I craft this now? Like I, it worked pretty good in, in draft. Maybe I can make a deck with it and actually utilize my material to go ahead and craft it later on. So you know what I mean? I think this is also a nice way to for players to be able to, you know, extend their card pool or extend their knowledge and, and learning how to do new combos and stuff like that, and then let them test it out for themselves. Uh, absolutely, and you do, you do get one ticket for free, and there's a couple tickets on the battle pass, which will probably remain throughout the the seasons. Uh, and you get so there's the, the first run's actually free, and then you get one ticket per week beyond that. So. Um... You know, it's it, there, there. There's ways to get runs, um, and we know that runs cost. It's only fifteen hundred gold for a run beyond those. Um, so like, oh, 15, okay. If this was fully open, I'd be doing this all the time. Um, ho hopefully the hours <laughs> restriction is lifted because this is this is all I want to do. I've been playing it a bunch. I'm really enjoying it. 
Um, and yeah, in fact, this was my very first game in arena and you were in my lobby, John, and you, you actually beat yeah. me. You took first place in this game and I took second place <laughs> and I was really salty about it, um, on my stream. So thanks for that. Yeah. Fortunately, you guys can neither read my lips nor, uh, hear the words that I'm saying on the stream, which is for the best. Look at those card packs. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. Thanks. Yeah. J John's got the, uh, the super, the super whale, uh, card back and I've got the tournament card back. So everybody's looking fresh. I, I mean I need, I, need, I need some type of gold in my life, you know? Right, you gotta you got have that bling. Uh, but yeah, guys, it's uh, it's it's fun. I've, I'm really enjoying it as a mode. Um, yeah, we, we've talked about some, some of the ups and downs, but it's it's great. Yeah, for, 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 for ultimately, my final opinion and thoughts is on Arena mode. Like I said, I was only limited to play it a couple, just a handful of times, maybe like two or three times uh, throughout this week of release. Uh, but... For what I have seen, I really do enjoy this game mode. I do like the aspect of being able to craft, um, being able to to draft as many different cards as I want, try new strategies. Uh, I do like the random RNG that is involved in it. I do like to see what other pe other people are thinking, playing and stuff like that. Uh, I do like how you can starburst a lot earlier with, uh, with the limited card pool. But again, as the more releases of future heroes and future card expansions, stuff like that, the pool of drafting is going to be a lot more better. And I think I think that is going to play into a factor of when the more longevity this game has, the more RNG is going to be to draft because you're going to have so many cards to pick from. And now you have to kind of like kind of scramble like, all right, I can't I can't try to focus on the Hella combo or intergalactic combo. Then I could just, you know, try to pivot to something else. So it's pretty cool. I definitely do like that aspect of it. And that that's why I'm such a big advocate of of both drafting and playing for value in this mode. You 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 kind of have to because hitting hitting specific combos is is difficult. Um, mm -hmm. So it's you know that that's a big part of it in my opinion. Um, is you know just just getting as much value out of every single turn as you can. You can see here I'm playing I'm playing my board very aggressively for that reason that I'm you know I'm scared of dying. Right, I'm down to one health already. I'm in sixth place. Um, but yeah. you know you, you c committing to uh, to the value portion is is a really part big part of uh, a draft mode where you just need to be like, okay, my cards just need to be better than my opponent's cards on the board. Um, you know, they're, they're less likely to have some sort of crazy combo or pursue a specific strategy because, you know, it's it's harder to do that because they can't just bring all that packed in their deck. They would have had to have both drafted it and then also found it as opposed to just found it with card thinning, which you don't have. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's it's a different play style. It's a different mindset. Um, and it's it's one that I really enjoy and have so, so far been really happy with. Um yeah, hopefully we can just play all the time so that you guys can get more runs in too because it's it's great. No, 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 for sure I agree. What do you think, Faith? Um, I, like I said, I, I like it, and um, yeah, you, uh, you can't force combos because if you go into the draft mode, just any, any, for example, you're used to playing um, what's a random one out there, the intergalactic deck with Chewie, and you see on your opening deck or your opening choices, a, a Chewy there. And you're like, all right, I'm just going to build a Chewy deck here. You, you pick the Chewy one and then you start going through there and you just, you're, you're picking cards, you're picking cards and you get down to the end and it's like, well, the only piece of that Chewy deck that, that you use in ladder is really just Chewy and the rest <laughs> of your cards, you didn't really, built to have much power so I mean, and chew is pretty lot. pretty actively bad if you're not built specifically to make him work right because then he's, he's yeah. a detriment more than more than a help um and that that's kind of what i've seen is a lot of people are trying to force that specific deck 
and uh i've been just you know crushing them over and over and over because you don't have the whole thing you only have part of it and part of it's not good enough you need all of it yep yeah no for sure um so, so I, I think uh i think i think we have some good uh info and opinions on uh, arena mode again like i said i just wish that it was open up continuously 24 hours because again the time zone restriction is very very uh unfortunate for a lot of players that um don't have the opportunity to uh, play it frequently yeah i mean and hopefully you know hopefully that gets that gets changed and it's it'll it'll work out in the end um now i know you know this game is currently only released in one region of the world so like you know, it'd be great if they catered to us here in the West, but ultimately we're not we're not part of the target audience right now as much as we'd like to be, right? Um, yep. That we're, we're That's not fair. where the game is actually released, <laughs> at least not yet. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully they come not around. Yet, and we get yet. that we get that glorious global release that we're all waiting for. Uh, and I have a lot of friends that are interested in this game that are not interested in playing it until it comes to uh, an, an official release that they can get through either the Play Store or the uh, the uh, the Apple Store. Which you know, that's fair. I get it. Um, you know, I, I think the game is good enough to uh, do a little bit of extra work to get, but I, I understand that sentiment. Um, it is so. It's one of the most polished games that it isn't global out there. <laughs> it, and it's incredibly unique, right? And like, you know, this just adding a draft mode to it gives you is even more, right? Like that's that's more uniqueness to this game as far as how it plays, how it's this, you know, CCG hybrid with the auto battler and now with a draft mode which is an entirely different play style it's it's just in a really cool spot so um you know i, I really hope they leverage that and uh and go for a big release because i think this game is absolutely primed to explode in popularity if they uh if they open it up yeah oh yeah no i i totally agree with that for sure mm-hmm. and uh the next the next thing i guess i guess i guess before we end it off today um i guess we could do some type some some type of meta a week, a weekly analysis of uh, what is your experience so far in ladder mode? What decks have you been play testing? What decks have you seen a lot of players playing? And I guess we could get into that just, uh, you know, just very briefly. What what um, is what is ladder mode? Is that the other button that isn't the arena? I, I don't know what that is anymore. I'm sorry, I've only been playing arena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so right now so right now I'm currently seeing a lot of intergalactic. Uh, galaxy type of decks with aka Chewy with Moonstone. Uh, what's his, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Ron, Ron, I forgot Ron. how to pronounce that name. Ron, go, Ron, Ron Yog. Yog. Good old Ron. <laughs> 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 um, I think honestly, that deck needs to be some type of tuned up because uh, it's super, super like unfortunate when you're playing against it, especially like around turn six, turn seven. Uh, if they get their combo, it's pretty much hard to just get rid of them. Uh, what is your thoughts is on Intergalactic so far? Um, you know, should should the devs take a look into a, a second look into the game uh, for for the deck strategy? Like, who should be getting nerfed, not nerfed, touched? I don't know. Um, Any I'm I'm just gonna be super brief on this because I think um, during next week's show we're gonna dive into this topic a lot more, but. Yeah, at the moment, there's really three meta decks and four if you count Whiplash, which you'll you see occasionally. Um, but yeah, you have you have Drax uh, and Ego, both variants of Guardians of the Galaxy. You have your Chewy Last Words deck, and then you have um, a stun the Stunverse deck that's going around. But I don't think any of them really necessarily need to be nerfed. There, there's a sort of healthy rock paper scissors balance between them. 
Uh, I will uh, say as like, the uh, the progenitor and uh, somebody who has probably played the most games with the Whiplash deck, it stomps all over the Chewy deck, and it's not even close. Um, so like I I don't find it to be a problem, but that might just be because of the deck I play. Maybe it's not diverse enough, but mm-hmm. honestly, it it beats the crap out of the Chewy deck because you know you can at the end you can just sell down to one unit having a giant Whiplash. And their multi triggers become single triggers, and they lose basically all of their power on Marvel, and it's you laugh. You laugh. So, <laughs> all right, I guess I should yeah. be playing Whiplash. <laughs> you should. Uh, anytime somebody's like, yeah, "What are you doing against Cinder Galactic?" I'm just like, "Just play Whiplash." It stomps all over that deck. It's it's a hard deck right, to pilot though. Like um, so, uh, you definitely need to practice with it, and you have to work pretty quick. I'm really glad they changed the uh, the animations um in in the store to be a little bit easier but you you're cycling a lot of cards you need to understand when when to value when to go all in on whiplash when to not go all in on whiplash because it's not going to be worth it because it's really really easy to overcommit to whiplash on a given turn and uh then you don't have anything left for the following turns because his buff only lasts for one turn so you really need to manage your resources very carefully with that deck so it's not particularly beginner friendly Mm. you definitely need to practice with it but it's definitely a really good answer to the intergalactic deck if that's what you're looking for specifically I know in uh, one of your arena runs, you had both uh, Whiplash and Prime in the same deck. That's that's and, this one that we're watching right now, yeah. Yeah, and so the the thing about that is, you know, usually you would run Stealth instead of Prime, but right. when you have it like this, you have Prime benefiting from all the earlier invocate effects, and you can like hold him until the last round or two to and then, fuel your Whiplash, and then you sell him to make a giant Whiplash in the last yep. turn. Yeah, and I, I do that multiple times during this run. Yeah, it's. Uh, think that's something you're looking at uh incorporating into your ladder style deck uh no i think stealth is still better i think stealth is probably the the better pair for either one of them right you want prime stealth or whiplash stealth but i think uh prime whiplash is probably too greedy for constructed um you don't you don't need to benefit on both ends in constructed you can you can just do one or the other and it's good enough most of the time right um, and and they also have different four drops. Typically, you want to be running with the deck, right? Like with Prime, you need to you need to be running Patriot because the value is just insane. Um, by the way, you can see John here just stopping me with a four star Malekith and a two star Loki that's just getting completely out of control. So th- thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I had to test out Loki, man. Actually, yeah, he worked playing great. This game, <laughs> playing this game, uh, I actually crafted four Lokis because of it. Yeah, no, he he kills me right there. I finished second. I came back up from one health to finish second, but uh, he he got me in the end. And uh, you you guys can't see. I've you know I use the uh, little closed caption block right, um, and it's I cropped it out for us to watch this because I just want to focus on the gameplay. But under under the screen where I can see it on my screen, I'm talking about John Stream sniping me because I was salty. <laughs> so th- thanks, man. Uh, no. Um, yeah so anyways we we can kind of go more in depth on constructed next week i'll make a point to play more um and maybe the metal will be a little more settled and yeah but as as you said faith there there are definitely three common meta decks i think whiplash absolutely has a place in the meta as it it's incredibly good i've had a really high win rate with it this season um it's definitely lesser played than intergalactic or um you know you said the drax deck i assume you're talking about the scarlet witch drax deck right yeah 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 so that that's kind of an evolution of the previous Scarlet Witch deck to now incorporate the now buffed Drax, who is really good in it, um, and then the uh, then still still ego, yeah. Um, I know I still occasionally will see the uh, the crit deck running around, but mm-hmm. he, yeah, obviously obviously without Hawkeye at the top, it's it's probably not quite as good. Uh, actually, there's another deck I think that belongs in the meta that we can talk about, and that's uh, Two Drop Red. Mm, yeah, yeah. Two Drop Red. 
Yeah, where you're playing all of the uh, all of the red aggressive two drops. Um, you're, so you're playing like Outrider and Agent and Spider Woman and oh, Rocket, yeah, yeah. and then you you just build a, a giant board of you know you you can starburst all of them very easily by doing aggressive thinning, and then uh, then you just flip them all into six drops at the end and get you know and then go for a Thanos play. But it, the 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 way it scales because of Outrider is really absurd, and I think that's a deck that absolutely has a place in the meta, and that's probably a deck that a lot of like um, top end like speed climbers are probably playing because it's fast. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think that's probably another one that that you'll see out there, especially if you run into some high end players that are looking to get a lot of points quickly. It's uh, it's pretty scary and can push you out of a game with high stars in really early rounds by like four. So yeah, no, because if you're if you're star bursting to four, you're, you're taking four, eight, twelve damage in like turn four. That's like game over pretty much. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's, it's very to, easy to deal twelve plush damage on on turn four and kill somebody. Um. It's Oof. yeah, that that's definitely a deck that's running around out there, and it's not something I've seen a necessarily a tune list for, but I know I know it's out there. I've seen some uh, some number one players on various servers running it to uh, to do the points climb. Um, yeah, it's um, easy to put together, and you know, it has a very high likelihood of at least getting top three. Maybe that's a deck we should feature next week. It's something I've actually intentionally shied away from doing any YouTube videos on because I don't want to spread it that much. But maybe, yeah. maybe you know, it's enough time now, right? If we if we push it for next week, maybe we can. Uh, Maybe it'll be sure. settled enough, uh, and we can do that for our deck tech next week, since we did arena this week. Yeah, no, that, that's, yeah, no, that's that sounds fair. I like it. Mm -hmm. Release for, the, the uh, real yeah, so spooky for, tech for those who. Oh no, <laughs> it's gonna be meta. <laughs> All right, so I think uh, I think that's pretty much it for today. Uh, today's video or today's podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, watching today. Uh, Marvel, du Marvel Duel Pro Academy. I just want to clarify this too. Uh, this series is specifically for everyone, uh, all types of caliber of players, brand new players, intermediate, even pro gamers themselves. Uh, you, we, we're here to talk about everything and anything uh, Marvel Duel related, as well as you know updates, current meta, um, analysis, nerfs, buffs, everything you name it. That we're going to talk about it in this show, and uh, I really hope that you guys definitely uh, you know take a listen to or you know watch the videos and stuff like that. Um, you know, and also uh, feedback. We would definitely would like to have some feedback. Uh, your guys' thoughts is on you know visually, uh, you know sound quality, you know anything to help improve the show uh, will definitely make it for your more enjoyable experience. Um, any thoughts, guys? Before we uh, wrap it up um, today, I, I have some some technical notes that I want to hit real quick um, as far mm -hmm. as the show goes. So this this is not about the game itself. But um, we're now on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. And soon we will be on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Overcast. So if you use any of those services, please subscribe to us there. You'll get notifications when new episodes go up. And, uh, and also, please leave us reviews there if you enjoy the show. That helps us out a ton as far as uh, getting to the top of various categories and being recognized in gaming categories on different, on different uh, services. So um, if you use any of those, even if you're watching the YouTube videos, it would, it would mean a lot if you just went and subscribed to us on you know, whatever your podcast service of choice is. I know Apple's the big dog, so we're still waiting for approval on that, but uh, I will certainly be putting it out on Twitter when, uh, when that happens. Sounds yeah. good. That's all. Yeah, just just want to just want to let you guys know it's we're we're growing and we're growing where you can find us. It's not just uh, it's not just the video. We do have audio only versions um, for for those that are on the go. As the uh, the world is slowly starting to open back up and people are on the go more and more. Sounds fair. Like on your train ride, 
car yeah, ride home. Exactly. Going home, to, going back from work to home. Anyway, uh, you know, I mean, I, I definitely do appreciate, you know, uh, you guys being here today. Uh, for those who are watching, listening, uh, thank you so much. This has been the Marvel Duel Pro Academy. My name is Jonathan Snow. Under me is Faith, as well as Horrible Chopstick. Definitely find uh, find them on their social medias. We're going to have links to literally everything uh, where you can go ahead and listening, watching this as well. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. And we'll be back next week. We're probably going to be talking about the meta, uh, some, probably some new deck ideas that we've been uh, tossing around. And if there's any type of new updates, uh, new spoilers, hopefully maybe new heroes on the way, uh, we'll definitely let you guys know in that episode. So with that being said, I think we're out of here. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya.